Courage 21th entry. <laughs> I'm so tired. Courage 21st entry. I shouldn't be laughing. Maybe it's to keep from crying. Because we've encountered some pretty big problems. You see, when we stepped through the portal, we entered into a sort of black void with several openings leading to other places in the world. You find yourselves in an infinite, empty black space. The floor around your feet is a swirling energy of deep purple. Circled around you, there are several windows looking out into different scenes, and you would assume they're the other portals. The closer you step towards one of these portals, the more its scene appears to envelop you as the black void fades away. It's as if you're stepping into the scene itself. When you back away, the black void returns. Beardoss recognized that one of the openings led to his old druid circle in the swamp up north. We stepped through to find all of the druids were dead. How many bodies? A lot. Um, a circle's worth, to be frank. We followed a trail of footprints that seemed to belong to one of the monsters made of corpses. We made it all the way to the giant's city of Obrastan. It was strangely peaceful. And what's stranger is, when we entered into what I think might have been the town hall, there were tieflings in there, speaking with giants. Why are you all staring at us like that? You see the tiefling say something to the giant at the end, and then he makes his exit. And then pretty soon, the doors open again of the entry to this town hall. These are two large giants that enter, and they are wearing uh, all kind of all the same color clothing, which is a little odd. And they're carrying weapons. One thing led to another, and we found that this wizard Fial had deceived the giants into believing that we had betrayed them. You see in one of the, uh, one of the seats at the table is this messenger of Fial guy that you've been dealing with, and he's looking directly into your eyes, and he gives you kind of a sly smile. Ever since you sent them down south to make peace with us, they've done nothing but wrought chaos and violence. Is this how you intend to make peace? You're all being fooled, and I'm going to grab the table and just throw it over. After an unfortunate tussle with our own kind, we managed to escape. And now we're heading back to the Skag Swamp to re-enter the portal and blow it up behind us. This bastard of a wizard isn't ready for what's coming. Time to Die Podcast Network presents The Giant's March. The road is long, but the world is small.
Alright, you guys are on your way uh, back to the portal. What happens? So we're going back through the, the swamp, right? The Darling Skug? We'll say you're at the swamp now. Alright. On our way back to the portal. Keep your eyes peeled for a toadstool that stands about yay high. And I hold up my fingers to the point of uh, how big they would be. They should be yellow on top and orange on the bottom. I've got an idea. Okay, that's weirdly specific, but whatever you think. The hell is a toadstool? There's a mushroom of sorts. Yeah, it's like, I think it's like a mushroom's cousin or something like that. I know they're related, but I don't know how. They're all still fungi, of course. Yeah, a myconid of some kind, I think. We'll look for your toadstool, Firdaus. Hopefully you got better eyes peeling than I do. Um? <laughs> Why don't we all do survival checks? Oh, survival. That helps me. Uh, so that's a 17, actually. 16. I got a 15. Uh, as you guys are walking along, you each manage to find one toadstool. Ooh. Firdaus, is this what you were looking for? Yes. When we make camp, we'll have to make a uh, sort of stew and um, drink the broth. Firdaus, I'm... Uh, I love you very much, dearly as my family, but I... I feel like when I get back to university, I might have to take a test of some kind, and I don't think that this is a good idea for me, personally. I'm in! Anyway, let's what whatever. It's whatever. It's like world world saving stuff. Sure. I suppose if you feel strongly about it, you could sit this one out. Mats, are you down? Absolutely, cousin. <laughs> I'm gonna like go for the uh, handshake from from Predator with him. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we have to do one per arc. Yep. We also have to go back and retroactively add them to some of them before. <laughs> <laughs> what is this stew for? We'll make us one with the world. Ooh, one with the world. I'm going to write that down. That could be a good song. <laughs> it should heighten our abilities. Unlock potentials that perhaps um, unaccessible before. In our circle, only the elders have taken. Ivar says. Fidas, if I, you are saying what I think you are saying, how did you get this recipe? This is a closely held secret. As I said, as I started to mistrust the circle, I began to keep watch on things. You did not enter the tent. Would you like to enter the tent, so to speak, this evening? That is for the elders only. I don't know if you noticed this, but we are the elders now. He stops in his tracks when you say that, and you see his face start to look at nothing in particular as a sense of realization comes upon him, and he says, Fyrdas, 
I'm not ready for this responsibility. We cannot do this on our own. We Listen! If we become one with the Earth, we are one with the mountain. And the mountain will not abide. You speak as if it's going to enlighten me in ways that are beyond learning. I have not read any of the texts or... I've, I've not even completed... You will kill your ego this evening. Us. It takes years to become an elder. Training and learning and... Well, what have you been doing while you're with the circle if not training and learning? My cousin is right. You must have faith. Also consider this. There was once somebody who made the circle from nothing. They had no training. This is the path we must take. Have you made this before? I've only seen from the shadows. I've heard it said that when you try to tamper with magics of this caliber, it could be fatal. So could what we're about to do afterward. The situation is really that desperate. For many, yes. This is a lot for me to take in, Fyodos. I... Everyone I trusted has lied to me, except you, and I considered them my friends. I understand. Even with the things that happened before, I still consider them friends. I suppose I will remember them as such. But this is our opportunity. After all this is done, we can remake the circle, but not commit the sins of the past. I'm glad I found you again, Firdas, and your cousins as well. We're glad we found you too, Ivar. It's... I'm glad you didn't have to go through this alone. If it was not for you, I would be in the mud as well with the rest of the circle. Let us not dwell on it. Let us look to the future. You guys probably walk well into the night um, before you decide to establish camp. And uh, even though this is a northern climate for a swamp, I think that Bogdana is pretty well versed in <laughs> looking for the certain types of wood and what works for fire and things in this kind of wet territory. So she starts that. And um, I think that she was able to procure some actual pans and pots and things now that um, she knows what she wants out on the trail. <laughs> She's very trail experienced, so she probably nabbed some stuff while you were in town. And so um, she comes up to you and says, If you are going to make a stew, I think I am ready. You can see she's got a pot of boiling water on the, on the over the fire. Yes. Let it be done. Cousin, it's not too late to decide to do this with us. I have faith that it will all turn out well. Maybe it would be better if some of us did not partake. 
just in case it does not go well. I think I would like to take a walk on my own and do some thinking. Become one with the earth in my own way. Understandable. Ferdas would just start rummaging around and, and finding the other ingredients that he believes that he needs. This is your homeland, essentially, so I don't think you have any trouble with that. Yeah. Not at all. This is being made. Uh, Cena, Mads, is there anything you're doing? Um, I think Mads is just uh, checking over his weapons, making sure that everything is in good condition, and then waiting for Fyrdus. Cena is going to quietly thank Bogdana for not letting them do this alone and Cena's gonna walk off into the woods for a little bit while they're doing this it is a good thing that Cena has dark vision because this is a moonless night and the swamp is largely overgrown but as a giant you can bushwhack your way through it easily enough and uh, you leave camp a ways. How far out do you go? Just enough that like the light enough that she can't see the light of the fire anymore. It doesn't take long, partly because of how overgrown this uh, swamp is and also partly because it, it's it's an unusually dark night. I mean, if you weren't the size that you were, if you were just a little a gnome or something, it would be abnormally spooky. <laughs> what do you do? She's doing some thinking. She kind of, like, kneels down on the ground. And she's going to dig her fingers into the dirt until she can feel stone underneath of her hands. And she thinks about the story that Mads told her a while ago about the avalanche and how the trees stopped it. She's reaching out with her mind towards whatever is listening, but in her heart she's talking to the mountain because it's the one god that hasn't failed her yet. And she just says, They need my help, and I don't know how to give it to them. Can... Can you help me? There's dead silence. Not even a cricket. You can hear your own heart beating. All right. I see. And she stands up, brushes off her hands. Give me a survival check. Nineteen. The only way that you can even tell from whence you came is by your own footsteps that were sunken down into the swampy ground. And are you going to follow them back? Yeah. You walk for about three to five minutes, and then you hear something in front of you, and you stop and listen, and in the quiet night, it sounds like footprints, but it's not normal. I mean, these are large footprints, 
like a giant is approaching you. And when you stare into the night with your dark vision, you can make out the silhouette of somebody that's... You're almost looking eye to eye with them, but you can't quite make out their features until they draw near. You see it's an old man. He's got a long beard. And he looks at you with kind eyes and he smiles and you see him kneel down into the onto the earth and he places at his feet a box that might contain something like jewelry. It's almost one you could clasp in your hands and open and the guy stands up to his full height, looks you in the eyes, smiles one more time, and then he fades away, leaving nothing but the box on the ground. She will bend down and pick it up and look inside of it. It's simple, but beautifully crafted. It's very polished wood, and it has your name engraved in the top. And when you creak it open on its hinges, you see inside is a small, thin vial of liquid with a cork. Is it is the liquid, like, clear or... It's got a purplish hue, but it's not a deep purple. It's almost like a tinted water. Is there any kind of check I can do to see if I know anything about this? Casino's still pretty sus about gods. You can try. I would imagine it'd be Arcana. Mm, that's not... Well, that's an 18. Give me an insight as well. 19. Between your two rolls... Everything about this, I mean, it's been a long time, but everything about this reminds you of the elevator mountain and the old man that appeared and presented Mads with a similar box that had potions in it. And you remember examining Mads' potions, and this is all very familiar. If any, if there, you know, despite all your distrust, this feels safe. It's just a hunch, but it feels safe. She drinks it. Okay. What are you guys doing back at camp? Um, after the pot comes to a boil and simmers for a while, I kind of gather everyone around. Okay. It's done. We must uh, gather in close. Yes, Fidas. Yeah, to where we're pretty much all like shoulder to shoulder, kind of close. Bogdan is standing off on the sidelines, observing from a distance, but the bard is wholeheartedly joining you. <laughs> okay. This ritual, um, well, best if I just go first. And he's going to uh, take the, the cauldron up to his lips and drink some of it in. And then, like, hold it in his mouth for a little bit. And you see, like, the kind of expression on his face change. Like, uh, he grimaces quite a bit. It's very pungent tasting and um, very kind of acidic. And uh, you even see some tears start to form in the edges of his eyes as he tries to hold it in. 
and then you see him finally choke some of it down. <coughs> and then he kind of look, opens his eyes and points towards um, towards Mads, and he kind of uses his finger to motion, like, lean in close. And then I spit what was left in my mouth, like, all over his face. And then <laughs> the hand him the bowl. <laughs> he, like, <laughs> takes a second, reminds himself who you are. <laughs> and, it, like, you watch as he has to physically unclench his fists to grab <laughs> onto this bowl. Yep. <laughs> and he will drink some of it and he will hold it in his mouth and he will grimace at the awful taste of it and uh, he'll swish it around uh, quite a bit like uh, almost like he's gargling and uh, then he will look at the fat bard and he'll just spit a giant bit of it into his face (laughs) (laughs) and hand it over the fat bard staggers backwards and uh, and then he shakes himself off and comes forward. And this very, very peculiar ritual is repeated around the, the circle until finally it reaches Ivar. And he looks at you, Das, and he looks you up and down and he says, Here's to the new circle. Yes. And I put my hand on his shoulder. Brother. And he puts his on yours and he says, Elders. And he bends way down and the gnome looks up at him and spits as hard as he can. <laughs> and a pathetic stream hits Ivar in the chin. And then he takes a drink and he spits it on you, Firdas. Okay. Now we must snuff out the flame of the fire. Mads will do so with his foot. So what happens, Brian? (laughs) What happens is Cena wakes up in the snow. She doesn't know how much time has passed. All she knows is that her fingers are feel like they're frozen to the bone. And it's almost difficult to remember anything that happened in the time before she blacked out. And there's kind of a, a weight in her stomach. But it's, it's not like a sickness. It's more like an emotional weight. Like, and not even like a depression, but more just a lot of emotions balled up. Good, bad. And as she sits there, uh, Sina, you feel experienced and strong. And you feel older, really. Maybe years older. Perhaps a decade. She looks around. Is there anyone around her? You do remember enough to know that you had wandered off from camp, and it seems as though you're in the same place. You can see your footprints. She gets up and starts walking towards camp, and she's like, Mads? Firdaus? Bogdana? Yeah, you uh, you arrive at camp finally, and it's all very dark, and you see some bodies laying there around a pot, and uh, as you approach, you hear someone say, 
I'm waiting to wake them up. Bagdana? I hope this works. Or else it's just you and me alone. Maybe that would not be so bad. How long was I gone? Perhaps an hour or two. Okay. They all have pulses. Their hearts are beating. They are just asleep. Just completely fucking knocked. Like That's... That's... Wow. What did you do? I went off and took a walk. And I saw an old man. Hmm. And he gave me a potion in a box with my name on it. And I drank it. And now something feels different. What feels different? I just feel... Heavier, almost. Like... Like my presence... Has more... Substance to it. Are you saying you feel fat? No, I... I... I just... You do not look fat. Thank you. I... I feel substantial. Like, powerful. This is very strange. I am not normally one to take part in strange magic and rituals. So this is all very unfamiliar to me. Also a waste of time. I would have gone in and just fought the wizard. It... I don't know why we didn't. Should we wake them up? Or sit by the fire a while. They need their sleep. Yeah, let's just sit for a little bit. They've 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 had a rough go of it. <laughs> you guys <laughs> You guys sit on a fallen log that she's dragged over and uh the bodies are just scattered around you around the silly pot. And she sits surprisingly close to you. And then she kind of nudges her shoulder against yours and she says this has been a long adventure. Yeah, it really has. The longest I've ever been with anybody. What do you think of it? I do not care for all the company. But I have enjoyed my time with you. Cena at this point has gone scarlet. Just like, it's like hair and face are the same color. Your cousins are nice. I've, they, they are nice. They are. And I have to say that I like, I like some of the people that we've picked up along the way too. Including you. I'm glad you've stayed with us for this long. Perhaps when our mission is over. If we are still alive, we should visit your workshop. I'd like that a lot if I could maybe go to the woods with you again sometime. You could teach me how to make these magic weapons. I will. And we could build you a new raccoon. Yeah. I miss him a lot. I really appreciate it. She takes her hand and she squeezes it. 
I think that you guys sit like that for another half an hour to an hour as the fire crackles. She had to relight it because Mad stomped it out, but eventually, Firdas, it's almost like a dreamlike state where you, you remember that something happened, maybe bits and pieces, but it's almost like it happened to somebody else. Or, or perhaps it was a story that you were writing or some strange thing until you realize the ground is pressing up against your face and you've got mud on against your skin and it's, it's kind of grimy and gross and there's the smell of swampiness <coughs> and as you come to, you hear the fire crackling and you look around and you see bodies laying next to you. So this is what they went through. Mats, get up. What? Mats. Uh, up. Get up now. What happened? Where are we? Cousin, are we successful? I believe so. When we were in the other place, I saw you. Except, you are mighty. You are a dragon. Flying high above the mountain. And perching on top. I feel as though if we have any chance to survive this, we must embrace what we have seen. Yes. And seen much I have. I feel like I've seen the entire swamp. Every creature in it. Every plant. Ivar, get up. Mm. What? Theodos, I'm sorry. For what? We did it. I didn't mean to turn you blue. I'm blue. Am I blue? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh oh, okay. That's, that's fine. You know what? I feel blue. But in a good way, not like sad. <laughs> but like a brilliant blue. Everyone get up. I've got some cooking to do. You guys see two women huddled close on a log and the fire is crackling so you just kind of see their silhouettes on the other side of the smoke and uh, they're just staring at you guys getting up out of the mud. I like look over and smile for a second. <laughs> Good morning, sunshine. <laughs> Hello. I'll be right back. And then I, I run off into the woods like almost frolicking. <laughs> Maybe we should have, like, tied them together or something? Eh, I'm sure he'll be fine. Pyrdas has a tendency to just disappear sometimes. <laughs> I do not think it will be a problem any longer, cousin. Pyrdas can take care of himself. What did you guys see? I was a bear. Top the mountain, finding a feast before hibernation. But something happened during that hibernation. A great melt, thaw, and I was awakened, fearful for my cubs. And so I emerged from my den, and I proceeded down the mountain, found nothing. And I had not eaten so long 
I had been asleep, but I knew that I must climb the mountain. And with my last bit of strength, when I crested it, I saw that the sun had moved closer, and I defied that sun and died up there. I dreamed that I turned Fyodas blue. <laughs> Ivar, that's that's really interesting in maths. That took a turn that I didn't expect. Fyodas <laughs> <laughs> returns in about like twenty minutes. Are you okay? Did you the Fyodas? I said his uh, arms are like completely full with all sorts of um, edible things, and he uh, goes and puts them over by the fire and starts like grabbing pots and pans and you know filling them up with different things and, and all sorts of stuff yes I I feel amazing I know so much more now just wait you all love this and uh, he's just frantically uh, cooking for for better part of uh, an hour Everybody roll perception checks. Twelve. Three. <laughs> Seven. Mads, you rolled the highest. All this is going along, you're kind of all just watching him work in a frenzy as if he's hes almost like he's in a daze or a trance and he doesn't even... He's got tunnel vision as he puts these ingredients in. and But then you... S- kind of start to look around, you notice the gnome that used to ride in Cena's pocket, he's standing there watching, but Fuga Grass Hat, the dwarf, the high voltage dwarf from Skazakas, he's still laying on the ground asleep. I'll wake him up. What do you do? I'll like, uh, kind of pinch the back of his clothes and try and stand him up. Like, away from the fire, obviously. He doesn't respond, and if you pick him up and stand him on his feet, he flops back down. Fairness? Yes? Is it possible that this ritual could kill uh, a dwarf, per se? Um, quite frankly, I've never known a, a dwarf to partake of it. I mean... I've only known giants to do this, uh... Didn't affect me none, and I'm smaller than that dwarf. You should check his pulse and see if he is still beating. Yeah, he goes up and he puts his finger against all of his vital spots and... And he kind of grimly looks up at you with sort of wide eyes and then he starts to shake his head. Well... That is unfortunate. Shall we build a pyre for our friend? Uh, yeah, I think Bogdana's gonna stand and she says, um, He was only with us a while, but we are all family. Uh, Mads will pull out the axe and get to building a pyre then. Don't place him on the fire. Why? I must finish this and then I will attend to him. Okay. Mads will stop what he's doing. He's he's dead, Ferdos. Yeah, um after I, I finish the cooking, 
um, like a, a whole spread of like awesome like sort of homely swamp dishes are, are made for everybody and the smell is like amazing and uh, most of it's vegetarian there's a couple other like you know small like sort of snake dishes and stuff like that but um, yeah like and basically it comes out to a hero's feast a hero's feast! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> Is that mechanically a thing? <laughs> yep. Yep. I've never heard yes, of that. Yes, hero's feast. Yeah, hero's feast is awesome. Um, so uh, it takes an hour to consume, um, disappears by the end of the time, and the the beneficial effects last for twenty four hours, and um, up to twelve can partake. Um, the creatures that partake um, gain several benefits. Uh, they're cured of all diseases and poison, become immune to poison, and being frightened. And it makes all wisdom saving throws uh, with advantage. Um, its hit point maximum is also increased by 2d10, and it gains the same number of hit points for the 24 hours. Good grief. I'm going to have to read about that after the fact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's going in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> Even Bogdana partakes in this meal since it looks relatively safe and less ominous as the ritual. And um, it takes a long time because there's a lot of food. But you guys, it's been uh, it's been mostly trail rations this entire time, and it's pretty exciting to actually get to eat a real feast. <laughs> So what do you think? I like it better than the stew, and I'm glad we don't have to spit it in each other's faces. Yes. It's really, really good. I agree with everyone else. You are 50-50, Fyrdos. Thank you. Um, Ivar, so what, what happened in your experience other than turning me blue? Do you have any epiphanies? No, I turned you blue. It was the saddest thing I've ever done. I, I wept and I wept and I cried for you were my only friend. And then when I awoke, you were not blue. I'm pleased that you are not blue. I do not want you to ever be angry with me. I would never. Perhaps having the gnome be the one who uh, did the ritual on you was a poor choice. Next time we'll know better. And we'll get you a full-bodied being to do it. You did make me realize, Firdas, that you are... Uh, you are my new family. I, I cared so much that I upset you and... I do not ever wish to do that. You nor your cousins. I, I care so much about you all, and you are all I have in this world, and if we survive this, I will never forget this short time that we've had together. I, I want you all to know, if this is the new circle, it's... We are bonded for life. If ever you need anything, I will be there for you. I just need you to continue with the no-touching rule. 
I appreciate it, Ivar. Yes, we are all your family now. If there's one thing I could recommend, uh, I do not want you to be angry with me, Fyrdas, but maybe we let Bogdana do the cooking from here on forward. I can do that. You're 50-50. She is 100%. <laughs> that you are correct with. She sure is 100%. And that's Aubrey, not Cena. <laughs> <laughs> now before we get moving, I must see to the dwarf. And I'm going to go over to the dwarf. And um, I'm going to bring some of the, the oils from the, the feast with me. And um, a couple of other ritualistic things and um you know lean over them and, and sort of preparing the body in a certain way and, and all that kind of stuff and it's going to take uh, about an hour for me to do this so you guys can kind of do whatever or you know if you want to skip forward we can do that Mads can I talk to you for a minute Mads will follow um away from everyone a little bit When you first pledged yourself to the mountain, what shape did it take? I saw nothing of the mountain until our journey. Do you recall the old man who dropped those potions for me? Yes. That is the only time I have ever seen the avatar of the mountain. I have heard whispers and listened to the breeze, but for some reason, this is important. I saw him. You did? I, when I went on my walk, I, I put my hands on some stone and in the ground and asked for help and when I turned around to walk back I saw an old man with a long beard and kind eyes and he gave me a box and it had my name on it the inside of it was some water or a potion or something and I drank it and then I woke up in the snow and now I feel Stronger, older, wiser. Cena, do you know what a mountain is? When the earth explodes, mountains are left from that wake, but they are still one with the earth. And that is why you were still able to become one with the mountain. Because the mountain is. A symbol. A protector. What I'm trying to get at is you will serve it well. We will all serve it well. Because we must. Cena will give Mads a big hug. Oh, that... One time, I suppose. Since you are one with the mountain and all. No. 
hug her back. <laughs> but not like, you know what I mean? Like a one arm kind of pat, you know? That's the best man says. She's got her arms like wrapped around your thigh because that's as high as she can reach. <laughs> No, I think that Cena can hug around my waist. Like, I don't think that she, I don't think she can get all the way around my waist. But that's not the point, you know. It's like that one time that Ron Swanson hugs Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> we should head back to the others. We should. Also, don't tell them that I let you hug me. I won't. Don't worry. I know you have an image to keep. <laughs> He'll nod and start kind of walking back. I think, Sita, have you ever seen a mountain? I think that's my favorite line of this whole thing. Have you ever seen a mountain? So when you guys get back, you'll notice that everybody else is, like, standing around and watching me. And I've, like, been gathering... um sticks and twigs and, and moss and all this kind of stuff after applying like you know certain oils to the body and everything and then I basically have fashioned like an effigy out of all these like sticks and, and moss and everything like that and then um you're, you're coming back like just in time for me to, to finish doing that and then um I, I have this like flustered look I'm constantly like darting all over the place trying to get the finishing touches done and then, like, I finally put the last little bits of flowers um, in the little head area of this, like, kind of cobbled together, vaguely humanoid-looking thing. And then I go over to the body, and I'm like, okay, this should work. And I, like, put my palm down on his head and then, like, sort of grab as if I was grabbing his soul and, like, throwing it into the effigy. And I'm casting Reincarnate. So, uh, you touch a dead humanoid, or, um, piece of a dead humanoid. It's so awesome that it works on just a piece of one. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, provided that the creature has been dead for no longer than ten days, um, the spell forms a new adult body for it, and then, um, calls out for the soul to enter that body. Um, if the target soul isn't free or willing to do so, the spell fails but the magic fashions a new body for the creature to inhabit, which likely causes the creature's race to change. So, uh, DM roll a D100, and then it gives, like, a table for, uh, what the results to to be, or what it, you know, what race it's gonna end up. Oh, Fuck shit! Yeah. Double zeros. Uh... Oh, shit! So that'd be a hundred? Oh, god. <laughs> it's a tiefling. <laughs> 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 oh my god you guys see almost similar to you wouldn't know this as giants but out of character it's similar to these time lapse videos of uh, a, a reptile or some sort of creature that sheds its skin you see out of this this dwarf comes the body of uh, it's a, a longer humanoid it's taller laying on the ground it stretches out and the skin kind of tears away from over top of it and then from its forehead out grow these long horns and uh, it takes the form of an adult tiefling of all things and it opens its eyes and it looks at you and it says 
God, blimey. I think this is the worst hangover I've ever had. <laughs> What's everyone looking at? Um... <sighs> I'm gonna tell you something and you have to promise that you're not gonna panic first. You're a tiefling! Sorry, what? I remember we were having a stew. Did it work? It, it sure did. You are a tiefling! You! Look at you! Holy... You're a tiefling! You're a, you're a tiefling. That's... You can see him looking up as if something caught in the corner of his eyes and he sees these horns protruding from his forehead. <laughs> and then he jumps up in a panic and he says, What in blue places is this? I, I don't no, know. Try to remain calm. <laughs> what the fuck? The effects may be only temporary. I, I don't know. This was my first time. What kind of bloody stew did you make me? Well, technically, it wasn't the stew that did this. Uh, the stew only killed you. And what the I, I, I brought you back. Ta-da! And I guess he brought you back as a tiefling. I've got bloody horns protruding from me head. I'm still quite impressed, cousin. Thank you. Think about it. We have an advantage now, dwarf. I'm already feeling neck pain. I don't want to carry all this weight on the front of me head. It's, I think it's a learning curve. Blimey, just look how tall I am. <laughs> <laughs> I come all the way up to your knee. That That's a great way to look on the bright side of things. <laughs> you're, you're already getting the hang of it. And I kind of pat him softly on the back. <laughs> And also, we might be able to use you to our advantage now that you're a tiefling and tieflings are our enemy. But I don't want to be a tiefling. I was a dwarf. Well, if you die again, perhaps you could be reincarnated as something else. I didn't want to die in the first place. Well, no one wants to die. The, the tieflings are a bunch of bastards. They murdered all me mates. We're already in agreement upon this. Yes, now we can get our revenge. And look, you have a tail now. Cross! <laughs> you really thought that tail. this was going to make it better? You really <laughs> thought that that was going to make it better? I've always wanted a tail. Well, maybe he didn't always want a tail. I've never even thought about it. <laughs> this is a lot to take in. <laughs> it's Well, well we're sure about it's... to leave, so pull it together. <laughs> I'm a tiefling now. It's not exactly the career my parents envisioned for me. They wanted me to work in the workshop. Now I'm, what, a slave owner? Not necessarily. You're not bound to that. Yes, you could still work in shops. And now you'll just be able to work in them and reach into higher cubby holes. You know, I killed this character off so I wouldn't have to do this bloody accent. <laughs> you brought him back, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and I only needed a piece, but I had the whole body. <laughs> he, uh, he just kind of stands there trying to take it all in. And it is probably midnight, one in the morning by now. It's so pure black outside and it's getting very cold. Um, what's your guys' plans? Are you bedding down? Are you marching on? What are you doing? 
I don't think anyone's tired after all that's gone on, but... I'd like to try something. Feel free, cousin. And Cena is going <laughs> to um, sort of move her hands in this weird little, like, way and cast Fog Cloud. <laughs> Just completely, like, almost unintentionally. Wow. That worked very well. I could barely see any of you. Hmm. Am I dreaming? Is that what this is? I don't think so. Well, shit. No. I just casted the spell that I didn't know I could cast. Or at least I couldn't before. Family, I believe the tide is turning. Hopefully in our favor. Mads, I just noticed. You got bigger. I, I know. I noticed that a little bit earlier. When uh, I noticed that earlier. Yeah. I have been doing a few push-ups here and there. It's <laughs> good of you to notice. It's really working out. Um, look at your calves. Damn, man. Walking through swamps, you know. You have to high knees. All that. I don't know what the fuck we're doing right now. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> We're going back to the portal that was back at the circle. The previous episode plan was to go to the portal, blow it up as you go through, and then, or like set charges as you go through to blow it up behind you, and then uh, go cut the head off the dragon, which is essentially, I think, the wizard is what you were talking about. Yes. Yeah, whoever's been talking shit to me, I have to pull their head off of their shoulders. <laughs> that is the only <laughs> thing that I know, is dude who's yes, talking yeah. shit, Mads needs to rip their fucking head off. So yeah, let's make our way towards the portal so that we can go and... Because, yeah, we got to, like, a crossroads where we had a bunch of portal options, right? Yeah. Yeah, we need to go back to the crossroads. Boom, boom, boom. With all your renewed energy and any sense of sleepiness completely wiped from all the chaos that just ensued and the mysterious stuff that you guys march on through the night, leave your camp behind and head the portal. Time to Die, Podcast Network. You know the drill. If you're enjoying the show, we would be honored to have your support. Patreon.com slash Time to Die RPG for pledging monthly. KO-FI.com slash Time to Die RPG for giving us one-time payments as a gift. So Nerdware.com slash Time to Die using Time to Die at the checkout for 10% off your entire purchase to support us with our merchandise. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Time to Die RPG. Tim Demuse, who plays Mads, is on Twitter at Ida Grab Your Gun. Chris Riley is a douchebag. 
Aubrey Gray, who plays Cena, is on Twitter at AubreyGray1. That's A-U-B-R-E-E-G-R-A-Y and the number one. I, Brian Bridges, the GM of this campaign, am on Twitter at ManlyBrian. You can also come hang out with us in our Discord server. Links are in the episode description, or you can find all of these and all of our content at timetodierpg.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.